So um, on New Year's Day at dinner time, uh, the four of us, uh, me, Jimmy, uh, Martha, and Sophia, were having dinner, and Martha threw out this question to everyone, and she asked us, what is a word or a phrase that is resonating with you right now as we head into 2021? And so for her, she was sharing that her word was hope. And for Sophia, she said that her words were hope and gratitude. Um, I was saying for myself that um, last year I felt like the, the words were sit and listen, like Mary sitting at Jesus's feet, but that this year what I sensed um, is that the words were rise and walk. And Jimmy was saying that the question that's been lingering in his mind from last year and heading into this year is, you know, what is mine to do? And so I'm sure you all experience this and feel this, that like a new way has um, this way of putting us into a very reflective um, state of mind. Um, and it's this annual marker where we both look backwards. So you've got like a year in photos, the best books and movies. Some of us are like good riddance to 2020. Um, others of us think about the key moments and the lessons learned in the past year. But it's also looking forward to what's ahead. So of course, making resolutions, which I know we can get cynical about because we often break them. But the idea there is that it's about this moment that we can reset and reorient ourselves and come back to those things that matter the most, those values and perspectives and practices that lead us and our world to, to flourishing. And so it's worth thinking about, you know, if you had to pick a word or a phrase as you think about heading into 2021, what would that be? Um, you know, if any, of you are, if any of you are feeling brave, you can even type it into the live chat. Like, what would that be for you, those words? So today, out of all the lectionary passages, it was um, Psalm 84 um, that is the one that resonated with me the most as I thought about this first Sunday of 2021. And three words that emerged from this psalm that felt to me um, important as we look to this new year that is stretching out before us. So Psalm 84 is a song of pilgrims who were on their way to Jerusalem for one of the yearly festivals. And it's, it's, like, it's often thought that this is the Feast of Tabernacles, which is a feast that celebrated the autumn harvest. But it was also this remembrance of um, when Israelites had to live in temporary dwellings, when they were living in the wilderness um, during the Exodus. And so this feast was an annual marker to stop and give thanks to God, to take stock for the ways that God had provided for them, and also to remember their utter dependence on God at all times. So the Israelites would sing this song, Psalm 84, on their way to Jerusalem as they looked forward to meeting God. And there are three words um, that emerge from the psalm, as I said, and those three words are worship, pilgrimage, in prayer. So first, as I think about 2021, um, let it be a year of worship. So the psalmist says, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar, O Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. 
And what we see here is that the psalmist is just captivated and enthralled by this vision of God in God's temple. And his desire for God, his, de his desire to worship God is this visceral and physical thing. He's saying, every fiber of my being, my soul, my heart, my body is yearning and crying out for you, oh God. Now, I don't care if you are the most staunch atheist in the world. You are a worshiper. Human beings were made to worship. And everyone has something that stands in the center of their reality, that orients them, that motivates them, that drives them. And as Christians, we believe that as human beings made by God in the image of God, that we were made to worship love, adore, and live our lives for the honor and the glory of God. What would that mean for us to be so radically oriented towards God in worship? So there's a story about St. Francis and Brother Leo, and they were walking down the road. And Leo was depressed because he despaired at ever becoming pure of heart. And so Francis responds to him. He says, Leo, listen carefully to me. Don't be so preoccupied with purity of heart. Turn and look at Jesus. Admire him. Rejoice that he is what he is, your brother, your friend, your Lord and Savior. That little brother is what it means to be pure of heart. And once you've turned to Jesus, don't turn back and look at yourself. Don't wonder where you stand with him. The sadness of not being perfect, the discovery that you really are sinful and broken is a feeling much too human, even borders on idolatry. Focus your vision outside yourself on the beauty, graciousness, and compassion of Jesus Christ. The pure of heart praise him from sunrise to sundown, even when they feel broken, feeble, distracted, insecure, and uncertain. They release it into his peace. A heart like that is stripped and filled, stripped of self and filled with the fullness of God. It is enough that Jesus is Lord. Now what this doesn't mean is that you live your life with your head in the clouds, just singing worship songs 24-7. True worshipers who worship God in spirit and in truth are the most earthy, grounded, get-your-hands-dirty kind of people on the planet. Henry Nouwen talks about when he first met Mother Teresa, that the thing that struck him the most about her when he met her is he says, quote, that her inner attention was constantly focused on Jesus. Her inner attention was constantly focused on Jesus. And that inner attention on Jesus did not, as we know, disconnect her from the pain and the suffering of our world. In fact, what it did is it drove her towards it. Her worship of Jesus drove her towards the pain and suffering of the world. It gave her tenacity and courage to love our world, to face the suffering, to help heal the brokenness that was around her. The love of Christ compelled her. The hopes and the fears of true worshipers do not rise and fall by external circumstances, 
by who sits in the White House. They are attuned to the harsh realities of our worlds, of our world, but they are even more attuned to the presence of God in their midst that centers and grounds them in life. So, as you look to this year ahead, what helps you turn and look at Jesus? What helps you focus your vision outside of yourself onto the beauty, graciousness, and compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ? Let 2021 be a year of worship. Secondly, let this be a year of pilgrimage. So the psalmist continues by saying, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, that word Baca means weeping, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. So pilgrimage is different than a trip in that it is a spiritual journey. It starts with longing, something beckoning you and telling you that you cannot stay where you are. And so you have to move. And as you move, something moves within you. It shifts and it changes you. And we see this this theme of pilgrimage all throughout scripture. Think of Genesis 12, when God calls Abraham and God says to him, leave your country, your people and your father's house and go to the land that I will show you. You know, think about the Exodus and the people of Israel wandering through the desert in search of the promised land. You know, Hebrews chapter 11 gives example after example of people who lived by faith. And it says of them that they were aliens and strangers on earth. They were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So Eugene Peterson talks about how this idea of pilgrims tells us that we are people who spend our lives going someplace, going to God, and whose path for getting there is the way, Jesus Christ. Songs of pilgrimage have also been called songs of ascent. Jerusalem was the highest city in Palestine, and so pilgrims spent much of their journey ascending. But the ascent was not only literal, it was a metaphor. The trip to Jerusalem acted out a life lived upward toward God, an existence that advanced from one level to another in developing maturity, what the Apostle Paul described as the goal where Christ is beckoning us onward in Jesus. Now, on one hand, uh, this idea of ascending and advancing makes me feel tired (laughs) because right now we are just trying to survive, right? Survival alone is a huge feat, but survival does not mean that you stay where you are and never move. Survival is putting one foot in front of the other. It's taking the next breath and then the next breath after that, and then the one after that. And with each step and with each breath, you become more free, less encumbered, less tied to what has been and what was, and more open to what is and what could be. 
So a few years ago, um, I ran into an old high school friend of mine, and she told me about how she was back home, and she met up with some of the people we went to high school with. And one of those people was um, one of the most popular boys in our high school. He was good looking, he was a star athlete, he was like this big man on campus. And so they all went back to his place, and he was still living in the basement of his parents' house. And she said his old varsity high school jacket was still hanging up with all of his, his high school trophies. And she said all that he could talk about were the glory days of high school. And she said it was so sad. It's almost like he was stuck in those days. And it's like he couldn't let that time go. Uh, William Faulkner once wrote that a monument says, at least I got this far. A footprint says, this is where I was when I moved again. So where do you sense that God is beckoning you this year to move into the unknown and to trust him as you take that step after step after step? Where does your heart need to be less encumbered and more free? So let 2021 be a year of pilgrimage. And lastly, let this year be a year of prayer. So in verse eight, he says, Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who, who trusts in you. So the psalmist ends this prayer that ha ends with this prayer that just has so much in it. He's crying out for help. He's requesting favor. He's longing after God. He's acknowledging wickedness in the world. His expression of trust in God. Like all of these things are prayer because everything can be prayer, no matter how hard it may be. I remember years ago, um, one day after a, a Sunday evening service at my old church, there was a, a woman named Mary who was sitting um, all by herself. And so I went up to ask her if she was okay. And Mary was so vivacious, just intelligent and articulate. And she told me that she had just found out that she had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. And she was angry and scared. And mostly what she was feeling in that moment was anger at God. And she asked me to pray for her because she said, I have not been able to pray these days. So as I prayed for her, this image came into my mind. What I saw was an image of rocks. And I sensed that those rocks represented her anger. And the feeling I had when I saw those rocks is not that it was wrong that she was angry at God, but that there was a choice. And that those rocks could be used to build a wall between her and God or they could be built into an altar, an altar of worship, in fact, an altar where her prayers would ascend to God. 
And what struck me in that moment is that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ, like absolutely nothing. And that is always true, no matter what it is that we're going through. And what isn't always true is our awareness of that love. What isn't always true is that we see the reality that we are never separated from the love of Christ, truly. And what helps us to see and to be in touch with that reality is prayer. You know, I'm often amazed at like the constant inner dialogue going on in my heart and mind, you know, worrying and stressing out about something or defending myself or having to calculate things and having these imaginary conversations in my own mind that go really go nowhere. And I could make a decision to pretend that these are not concerns, um, but wouldn't I rather make a decision to include God in that conversation? You know, to not both to not like just ruminate in my own mind or try to push it away like it's not there, but to rather bring God into that conversation instead of ruminating about something over and over again, you know, within myself or even with other people, to ruminate with God, to name my fears and anxieties before God. You know, we can scream and cry and yell in the presence of God with God. And that's all the prayer is with God instead of without God. And so in this year, what are some of the practices of prayer that you can commit to in this new year that help you to live with God? So during announcements, I will share a few opportunities of how we can do that together in community. Because here's another thing about Psalm 84, that these pilgrimages were not individual journeys. They were communal journeys. You did not travel alone and you did not leave anyone behind. You traveled as a group, all with your hearts set on pilgrimage, all with your hearts longing for worship, all with your hearts together in prayer. One of the great historic pilgrimages um, in the world is called the Camino de Santiago in Spain. And there have been people who have been going on this pilgrimage um, ever since the Middle Ages, like for that long. And what I learned is that another um, name for the Camino is the Milky Way. And the legend was is that the dust raised by the feet of the pilgrims is what created the Milky Way, and it lit up the sky above them. And I just, I just really love that image. As I think back to 2020, you know, we have lost many people that we have loved over the past year. You know, not only are the loved ones in our own lives, but luminaries like John Lewis and C.T. Vivian and Chadwick Boseman. And now they have become part of this great cloud of wit witnesses whose lives are like lights in the sky that beckon us forward, you know, upward and onward in this pilgrimage that we are on. And as we move, the light shines above us and the way is illumined before us. And so as we step into 2021 in worship, in pilgrimage, and in prayer, may we go from strength to strength with the knowledge that our Lord God is a sun to warm us and give us light. He's our shield to guard us and protect us. O Lord God Almighty, blessed are those who trust in you.
I just want to end by praying a, a prayer over us um, in this new year. So would you join me now um, as I pray this blessing for us? God, we look to you as our sun and our shield. And God, we pray, Lord, would you help us to fix our eyes on the light of your face? Lord, would you help us to be what we are, true worshipers who worship you in spirit and in truth? And may you be our orienting reality, that our heart, soul, mind, and body would be more attuned to you than to anything else. And that it would be your presence and your love that then compels us to go out into the world to love and to bring healing and freedom and peace wherever we may go. God, we want to pray a blessing that this year would be a year of pilgrimage. Lord, where we become unencumbered by the things that hold us back, our securities, our safeties, our, our, um, our fears, our anxieties, whatever it is that holds us back. God, that we would be free to move so that as we move, we are changed by you. And God, we pray, may this be a year of growing in prayer. God, that we would never hold anything back from you, but know that all that we go through, God, anything that we face can never separate us from you. And God, that, that our breath, our very breath would be prayer, God, and remembrance that you are always with us, Emmanuel, God with us. So I just pray a blessing on everyone who hears my voice this morning. Lord, may 2021 be a year of worship and of pilgrimage and of prayer as we look to you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus. And all these things we pray in your powerful and precious name. Amen.